And even if they were, it wouldn't make a better difference. It is what it is. And try your best to move on. Okay, so they left you stranded. Do you need them to explain to you why they left you before you decide that you're not going to remain bitter in your heart? No. But sometimes we get to see that for ourselves. Make today be a day of not feeling like you need an explanation to move on. It just is what it is. And it is what it's going to be. And that is okay. Yay! We made it. We finally made it. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two, but it's kind of episode one. It's my first guest. So episode 1.5 of Diagnosis Black Woman, which is my new podcast where I'm just out here talking because y'all know I like to talk. But within talking, I've been able to find such a a great community of women and Black women who a lot of us, we share a lot of commonalities. Um, but, you know, there are different paths that many of us have been led down the walk. So this podcast is Diagnosis Black Women, focused on Black women in the community who are do, dealing with different societal and health diagnoses. I'm really excited today to have my special, special guest my little sister, and I'll allow her to introduce herself because I'm going to do too much. (laughs) Okay, hello. My name is Carolyn Coleman, um, younger sister of Cece. Um, I am a Texas transplant, um, very recently relocated here um, for work and kind of missing my family at home right now, Um, but I work in management in one of the essential medical arenas. And um, yeah, I'm glad that you invited me on here so that we can talk today in front of folks. Uh, Yeah, I was just so excited because I don't think that, I don't know, I don't know how often we get to see the conversation between the oldest sibling female sibling and the youngest female sibling and what you know what those implications are and what that can look like so how I think I'm like nine years older than you yeah yeah so I was left in a position a lot to be you see where we're going with this conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was put in a position a lot to be like mommy number two mommy I let it slip a lot I let it slip a lot, yeah. But it was never a position I asked to be in. You know, it's just, and we have the the cardinal order is, it's me, I'm 35, almost 36, and then we have a brother in the middle who's 34, and then we have Carolyn who's 26. (laughs) And so, yes, they did often leave me in, like, this position of a, authority or position uh, that I never had no training on. You know, when you go to a new job, <laughs> you, you you usually, you get some training. I didn't know. They left me home with the two younger siblings and said, hey, take care of this. And I innately did it. And I am in the middle of writing my book. Well, not in the middle. We're actually past the middle. Um, a book that I'm hoping will launch by the end of summer. And in that, I've already written my prelude. And in that, I thank you and AJ for 
being my first sense of leadership. Like, like I didn't know that that's what it would be called or that that's what I was doing. But thank y'all for giving me grace in it, lending it to me, because I know that everything wasn't always perfect, that I abused my power at times, you know, just because I felt like I could. Uh, I, I didn't know. And then we grow up and we all become adults, <laughs> you know, going back and uh, dressing trauma or mishappiness or whatever it is. So I thank y'all um, because it has definitely helped me be a better, a more empathetic and better leader to, you know, the, the larger public. Um, and yeah, that's it. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, because it was not asked. Like you said, um, it wasn't something that you didn't, ha you didn't get a rule book or a guidebook. And it wasn't some something if we will be quite frank, wasn't 100% your responsibility. So for you to step up, and I do have a lot of memories of you playing that role in my life. Um, I have a lot of memories. And as an adult, I'm able to look back and be really, really appreciative, doubly appreciative to you, because like I said, it wasn't something that was really your responsibility. You kind of just, you stepped in, in those places where, um, where you saw fit that you needed to step in and appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh, that means a lot because like, it's, it's so much pressure sometimes. And I've tried me being a mom now, for those of you that don't know, I have a 13 year old son, Zion, and then I have a two year old daughter, Zuri. And I've been very intentional of not making it Zion's responsibility is Zuri, you know, and like, what is the balance? Is the balance like, you know, we're all a part of this house, we all take care of each other, versus, you know, this is your responsibility, you have to. I've, and with them being so many years apart, it, it made me feel really good. Yesterday, he graduated with his yellow belt in karate, <laughs> yellow belt in karate. <laughs> And Zuri just couldn't wait to get to him on the mat. And as soon as he could have company on the mat, she ran to him. And just to see that, like, embrace. And it's not something that's forced, you know. Not that I was forced to love y'all, but it made me feel like y'all was a liability. Like, y'all always, like, why can't just have my little piece? Well, before I go somewhere, I got to make sure y'all are right first. Like, AJ could do it. <laughs> he only a year and a half younger than me. Why I gotta be the one? And being a parent now, I kind of I understand, and I would take all of the great things that I learned, you know, through that experience of being the oldest female child, and implementing those. But then, you know, the things that I feel like could have been done differently, doing the same, you know, do differently. Um, but it makes me feel proud when I see someone like you, my younger sibling, who, because I got to go first in so many things, I got to turn back and say, yo, boo-boo, that's her name. That's her real name, guys. Don't let her trip you. Um, <laughs> like, boo-boo, I did it like this. You need not to do it like that. I'm telling you, because if you do it like that, you'll probably end up like this. And one of those things being college, 
much. And I, I'm going to give you a chance to speak like what was college like and how helpful was it even to have some somebody to lead you through that? Let's start with 10th grade. So if you do not have someone there preparing you for college, they will not, you won't even know to start preparing for college in 10th grade. So I knew in 10th grade that those are the transcripts or the 11th grade transcripts. I remember us having a conversation around 10th grade where you told me the 11th grade transcripts are the ones that you'll be able to apply for college with. So that's the year that you really, really want to make sure that you go full force. I wouldn't have known otherwise. So I was grateful for that setup. You pretty much alley-ooped me. You set me up in a really good, really good way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She said she don't even remember. That right there was key. Okay. I get real passionate when I talk about it because all of my friends are in school debt and I'm not because of you. So so much. Oh my God. Because I paid the price. I paid it. Nobody else. Uh, yeah. Oh, so okay. Wait, tell us more about college. So no school debt, but what no what did you, you went for associates? What did you go get? Oh, I went and got a bachelor's degree, a bachelor's of science, um, at a historically black college, and I went with a full ride because of the way that FAFSA was filled out and things of that nature and making sure that I was um, attentive to scholarships and things of that nature, um, all because of you. That, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny to me because I wouldn't have known otherwise and I probably would be in the same boat that a lot of people are in. And the amount of debt that I currently have is very small in comparison to everybody that I know. I think that I have the smallest amount of debt from anyone that I know. Which then sets you up in a position where you can begin, if it has to begin somewhere, you know, some generational wealth. And I think that is what a lot of us are missing because, you know, we had parents who were laborers, um, mama, nurse, dad, a welder, you know. And so I was a first generation college student. Like I was the first one to leave straight from home and go to college, go to a university without that guidance. Like I was just making, it's trial and error. I don't know. So, oh, well, this one definitely don't work. I could tell you don't do that. Y'all do not take out student loans if you ain't got to. I'm going to warn everyone out there. And if you're going to take it out, just know that you'll still be owing them forever (laughs) because they still want that money they still want that money and like okay so how can we avoid having to do this start working on this early start you know make sure your grades is all right and I think we hear it sometimes differently even if mommy and them had mommy and daddy had you know been trying to tell me something would I have heard it the same if it was coming from you know uh, someone else that I respected that wasn't dumb. Uh, that makes me so happy. So what? You got a whole bachelor's degree from a whole HBCU and did that join debt-free. That's one of my biggest, like, 
that makes me proud. I was so proud to watch you. And even while you was in school, it was a lot of stuff that I didn't tell you. That must you must have just figured it out on your own. You all of your community work that you did while you was on campus, the different jobs that you held, the leadership. You told me all of that. I told you. Is this thing on? You told me all of that. <laughs> she said you want your resume to look good. You don't just want to go to class and go back to your room because you said you said that's what I did. And when I graduated, I didn't have those internships. I didn't have all of the things that when you graduate, they don't just want your degree. They want you to be in some type of social activities. They want you they want to see your resume padded. So we're going to attribute that back to you because you told me all of that. I followed your blueprint. Because <laughs> I was literally not the model college student. I hated being there. So I did just go to school, go to work, and do whatever else I wanted to do. Um, wow. Wow. That's so decent. I love that. And so now, oh, we stopping that. We stopping it. We not like if we ain't got to do it unnecessarily, then we not doing it unnecessarily. Talking to Zion, like what is it that you, what do you see yourself doing? Like and helping him to explore and ask those questions of himself. And like, what do you want to do? I'm not forcing college on you because I felt like it was forced on me, and I'm grateful that I've gone. You know, as far as I'm going. In about two and a half years, I'll have a doctorate degree if I keep pushing. This shit is hard as hell. But <laughs> in about two and a half years, that'll be done. And But if that's not what either of my kids see for their lives, I'm not going to force it. I'm over like hard work. Like, what, what do you want to do? What is God telling you to do? Because I feel like you ain't got to chase the money all the time. Like, the money will come when you're fulfilling your purpose in this world. So what is that? So I'm going to ask you that question. Have you found your purpose here in this world? Um, I am still on that path. I do feel that I have a lot of things that speak to my heart, um, some things in particular that speak to my heart. Um, I'm very passionate about some things. Um, of course, it's not what I'm currently doing. And uh, well, I think that I could probably relate what I'm currently doing to my hard work. Um, however, if I could con if I could paint that picture, it wouldn't be what I'm doing right now. Um, I do want I do want to be working in community community with people. Um, I am. My degree is in psychology. My track was to continue that on to become a therapist. Um, marriage and family therapy is very important to me because um, that is your foundation. Uh, your your family is your foundation, and that is how you continue. Uh, that is how you learn who you are in the world. You learn who you are in your family first, and then you learn who you are in the greater um, greater world. Outside of that. So um, I'm very interested in that. I know that a lot of your uh, your family, child and family development had a lot to do with that, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so sure. Um, but I'm very interested. Even with that, I just, you want to know how I pick my major, guys? Let me show you. So say that this is the major sheet. I was like, 
Oh, that looks like something I could do. See, so that's what you want not to do when you're picking a major for school. Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. It's gotta. It's gotta. It's gotta resonate here. It worked out because I thought I was going to own some daycares, whatever. But then I got HIV, and I was like, nobody going to want me to take care of their kids. And I don't know if I really want to take care of nobody's kids all day. So uh -uh. then I went and got a master's degree in um, human services, so social and community services. I really want to be with the people, too. And I just want to become the best of that in whatever ways that I can be the best of it. Teach me as much as you can. But then I did that, and I ended up driving Lyft for a long time. Well, only like two years with the master's degree. So that's not the route you want to go either. Then I, now with this doctorate, that's my terminal degree. That's a personal goal. Um, and I know my work is going to pay off. Like I got real high faith in everything. Um, and the work that I'm doing would qualify me for one of those public service leadership forgiveness or whatever that is. But Hopefully one day, fingers crossed it, they will forgive me for I didn't know what I was doing. If y'all could just take these bones off of here. I take it all off. Like it clean, please. <laughs> so hopefully they hear my prayers. But um, I think this is a really great place to be able to introduce. I have to plug myself. They say I got to plug myself in all of this stuff. So here's a plug. So, if you have never read any of my blogs, um, Helen is Voluntary, that's kind of how all of this stuff got started. I think I'm putting it in the, what's that called? The, the description. Yes. And then make sure you hit that bell and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> So Healing is Voluntary is healingisvoluntary.blog. You can read many different stories, experiences that I've had. It's real ratchet. It's a little, um, the words, you can't read them while you're sitting in Sunday school. You know what I'm talking about? So that, and then I am writing this book. I'm waiting until I get my cover together to be able to share and promote that with all of you all. Then I am I have a nonprofit that I'm recently starting called Momtonomy, where I'll be working with mothers who are living with HIV and their families to fight for the lives that they envision for themselves. And so within that, I'm hoping that I'll be able to this year convene a group of mom and children to be able to begin start building that community out here in the Philadelphia area. And then we're doing a community wellness event. I'm waiting on the folks to finish doing what they need to do to tell me that I can hit the venue. But the date is planned is August 10th, and it will be in North Philly. And it's going to be a carnival-like wellness event with, like, I want food trucks and ice cream trucks and balloons and family games and HIV testing and blood pressure checks and all of the resources that our community um, could benefit from heaven. So you ain't got to go to them. We're going to come to you because they need to come to us. Um, so those are the things that I got working on right now. I'm really tired. I'm really tired because my nine to five is at 
<laughs> I also do work in the HIV um, community as a program manager with the Well Project, which is a wonderful organization. It serves women and girls who are living with HIV across the gender spectrum. And that's where I go for all of my fix, all of anything I need. The Well Project got it when it's coming to women and girls. So they're www.thewellproject.org. And then on my downtime, I'll be on Instagram first. But Carolyn, she was just trying to tell me about TikTok. That's the benefit of having these young siblings, y'all. They get to keep you up date. But she's almost out of date, okay? But she's still able to keep me up to date, more up to date than what I am. Because at this point, I don't know what's going on. So tell us more about TikTok. Don't you create content over there? Yes. I also create content. Um, I create lifestyle content on TikTok at Peace to Carolyn. So P E A C, like the peace sign, the number two, and Carolyn is spelled C A R O L Y N. Come on, come join the come join the family. Yay! So I think we're not doing too bad to be diagnosed with poverty. <laughs> I think we think we're diagnosed diagnose with poverty. That is that diagnosed with poverty. I like the way you phrase that because that's definitely um, that is definitely a social diagnosis that can affect you long term. Um, but we're doing great, like you said. We are doing amazing. Yeah. Most of us. I'm very proud. And, you know, even to our parents, this is definitely an ode to them. Like, they might not have had all the answers. Just like, I know I ain't got all the answers, but whatever it was, it was enough to put us on the path, you know. I'm like, just give me a little bit. We got it. And I'm so grateful for it because the beginning definitely doesn't have to be reflective of what it, you know, ends like. So, oh, yay. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Me too. I was emotional towards this last part when you were listing off all of the things that you're doing. Because um, that's definitely a testament to how we began. Doesn't doesn't reflect, always reflect how where we are now and where we're going to end up. Because you really, that made me emotional. I don't know if you saw me shed a couple of tears about that. Because that is amazing you're like what else am i doing what else am i doing what else and it's like sierra you're doing so much in this community um whether or not we, whether or not um people are seeing all of these things or not these are things you're you're doing things that are seen and unseen and they all impact the community oh i, I just said i was going to start answering the phone like this you saw um, yeah i forgot to tell y'all okay <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay, so this is, and it needs to be cleaned up, but this is the 2024 Mary Bowman Award that I just received this week. I, I heard the insert it here um, from DC Health, and that's the first time that I have ever been honored in such a way through all of my work. So yeah, even these little, you know, off the wall might seem off the wall, but I know as long as one person sees this episode, it's like, hey, maybe I won't take out that student loan. 
Maybe I will not give up. Like, if that is what it takes, cool. I'll talk because I'm going to talk anyway. This could have been a FaceTime. And I'm going to talk. But no, we share little pieces, or I continue to share little pieces of myself because I don't want nobody out there thinking that they by themselves because you mm-hmm. are most certainly not. And to the oldest sibling, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know it might be rough. It might have been rough, but just hold on. To that youngest sibling, don't be an asshole. <laughs> I got some advice for the younger sibling, too. <laughs> for the younger sibling, sometimes it's okay to listen to your older siblings. It's okay. Don't feel that they are trying to control your life. Most times, it's okay to listen to them because they went through it already. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for not being an asshole, Carolyn. Sometimes I am, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this was great. I'm so excited. Episode number two is down. Join us again. I'm recording again soon. So we'll have another episode soon. And thank you for watching. Um, maybe I'll put some real lip gloss on for you the next time. It was so great spending time with you. I love you. Stay there for a moment. We're going to put our outro on and end. Bye, y'all. Now, ain't this the truth? Sometimes things just can't be explained. And even if they were, it wouldn't make a better difference. It is what it is. And try your best to move on. Okay, so they left you stranded. Do you need them to explain to you why they left you before you decide that you're not going to remain bitter in your heart? It just is what it is, and it is what it's going to be.